0: All right. We're back on one true podcast, talking Baylor and Big 12 football. Uh, Alongside me, as always, is John Werner. I say alongside me. This is a little (laughs) bit different setup, Uh, Johnny. uh, We're normally in a room together, but, uh, you know.
1: You know, I, I don't know if there's any other way to meet now. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is just kind of the way it is
0: man. we've all done a half a jillion zooms <laughs> i i did not know zoom existed before march and now right. i know i'm hosting a zoom uh along with us is our special guest mr max olson max good morning
2: good morning guys thanks for having me on
0: yeah max is a uh, national college football writer with the athletic was at espn uh prior to that uh, has been with the athletic for the last three years and I'll just put in a little plug for the athletic here because uh, great work. We enjoy your y- y'all's writing for sure. So hey, thank you, thank yeah, you, no problem.
2: It, it is funny you say you hadn't heard of Zoom. I, it, it like now it's so ubiquitous and it controls our world. And it's funny to think like how did Skype screw this up? Right. They had like the lead for a decade and then zoom rolls in, in 2020 and takes over everything, you know,
0: no doubt. No doubt. Great point. Skype uh, really dropped the ball on that one. Um, yeah. So guys, we will have a college football season. I mean, kind of, um, you know, uh, after the strangest off season that, Uh, it's probably on record, but at least that we can remember, Um, you know, we will have a season. uh, However, um, you know, it'll look a lot different than any, than anything we've experienced, especially from a standpoint of people in the stands. How do you guys expect 2020 to kind of unfold? And do you feel like there'll be an asterisk, next to the champion just because you know two of the major conferences aren't even playing i mean uh max i'm gonna start with you on that one
2: um you know first of all i mean if we're fortunate enough to get that far that we get all the way to the end here and have a champion then i think we'll all be celebrating that somehow we made it through this because this thing you know while i definitely feel really optimistic that we'll kick this season off it's just still so fragile week to week and day to day um I you know I'm sure if you're an Ohio State fan if you're in Big Ten country um, you probably look at this playoff and say it didn't have us so there's it doesn't count but I think to everybody else like if if you find a way to like win it all this season this fall given it what everybody's gone through and the fact that two of the Power Five leagues said they can't play this fall like I think you deserve more than a trophy <laughs> I mean it's it's it would be an incredible accomplishment whoever whoever the stock.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Most
2: unprecedented, um, most challenging off season by you know
1: every
0: measure. Yeah, Johnny, what do you? What's your thought on that?
1: Well, I think the winner ought to get like some trophy from the uh, CDC. <laughs> uh, it's a good thought. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be kind of like baseball. I think there's going to be probably some games canceled when there's an outbreak. Uh, but I think for the most part, they're going to get it in. I think there is such a will to get it in among the three power conferences that are still playing that I think somehow they'll do it. And, uh, you know, like I said, I don't think everybody's going to get every game in. And, uh, I think it should count. I mean, I don't think there should be any asterisk at, at all, uh, you know like max max said it would be quite a feat
0: yeah no doubt i wrote a column uh in regards to the nba and um nhl and stuff back when they were starting their restarts and um and and there was a lot of talk about you know whether those teams would have an asterisk and i said no way i mean the asterisk if there's an asterisk it, it says overcame the most challenging circumstances <laughs> ever you know i mean uh so Obviously, this is a little different because you do have some teams playing and some teams not playing, and that's just sort of even hard to wrap my mind around even even now. But um, as far as the games themselves, I mean, do you guys feel like they're going to lack some of what we've come to expect from college football in terms of atmosphere?
1: Yeah, go ahead,
2: Max. I mean yes, certainly. I mean there's there, It's interesting to see these schools sort of still roll out their plans on what they're going to do to start the season. There's some that are going to have no fans in September. There's some that are going to try and do twenty five percent. I, from an atmosphere standpoint, yeah. I mean it's it's gonna be fascinating to see just how different home field advantages, if it, if it's even a factor, um, in in a lot of these cases. I heard like Mac Brown said yesterday that in the ACC. They gave them approval to pump crowd noise into their stadium since they're going to have zero fans in September. So that's going to be kind of, you know, that weird artificial uh, uh, whole, you know, vibe to it's going to be kind of odd, I think. And um, But, you know, I think watching it on TV won't be that bad. I, I think watching that Austin P. Central Arkansas game last, last Saturday um, still, still felt close enough to me, you know.
1: Yeah, I think like Max said, I think watching on TV, you know, you know I've watched a lot of baseball and, and NBA and uh, it's been better than I expected, you know, because they're pumping yeah. in the crowd noise. You know, they got the cardboard cutouts and all the other stuff. But it's going to be kind of weird at a stadium, I think, uh, just seeing like what well, Baylor they're going to, you know, uh, 11,000 fans is the most they're going to have right now.
0: Uh Good job. we've probably covered some games with a lot of <laughs> so
1: I'd say in the early two thousands. Yeah, they, they they wouldn't have had to put Kevin it in. Steele era. Yeah, they wouldn't have had to yeah. put any new rules in. Yeah. Floyd, uh, Floyd Casey
2: can handle that perfectly fine. Yeah,
1: some
0: of exactly. yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, but uh I, I'm gonna be glad to see it though. Uh you know, I covered a high school game uh last Friday and it was fun. I mean uh it was fifty percent capacity, and uh, wow, it was uh There's plenty of room to social distance. It was, <laughs> it was fun. That's the first live event I'd covered in uh, five and a half months.
0: Yeah, yeah it's certainly <laughs> good to get back to it. Did, uh, did you zoom from the
2: press box for that one too, or did you get to go on the field and talk to people?
1: Yeah, just out of habit, you know. I, <laughs> yeah, that's No, I, I do have a selfie stick now. Oh, go. wow.
0: Yeah. It's uh, like he's one, one of those NBA uh, sidelines. Wow.
2: Well, welcome to 2020, John. That's fantastic. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> I won't tell you, Max, but he also has goggles, right? Am I right, John? I haven't
1: worn them yet. My, okay. my wife, she's like the uh, like the Central Texas CDC director. <laughs> she okay. thinks she is, anyway. Uh, uh-huh. but she bought us some goggles. She heard that you know if you cover your eyes a little better there's there's a better chance you won't get it
2: so so if i see you in a press box this fall there may be the full hazmat maybe something like that for
1: you <laughs> that, that is possible I, I think that's the next step okay. john's gonna be there to right scoop <laughs> you'll
2: be uh, the envy of everybody in the room there we'll be like dang why didn't we think of this we had months to plan ahead for this you know And john was on it
0: yeah. uh well you guys kind of a good segue there because you did bring up Baylor, John. Uh, um, you know, it's a it's a kind of a paradigm shift here for Baylor. I mean, um, you got Matt Rule out. He was the kind of the fast talking Yankee. You know, uh, he was fun to transcribe, Max. I mean, you've done it too, but. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yep, you know, you he got a lot in, in, in a, a short little time uh, and enter his polar opposite in terms of public personality. Um, Dave Aranda, a lot more soft-spoken sort of measured, thoughtful. Um, I'm going to start with you, John. You've done a lot of zoom interviews with Dave Aranda. Haven't got mm-hmm. as, gotten as many, you know, face to face interactions, but, What's just your general impression, and do you feel like he'll fit in well at Baylor?
1: Yeah, uh, I think players really uh, are kind of drawn to him. Because, uh, you know, kind of like Coach Rule, I mean, uh, he's really concerned about them, you know, not just on the field. And uh, uh, I think they really took advantage of uh, when they are away from campus. Uh, he, he and his staff got to know the players a lot better, you know, through all the Zoom stuff. So I think that probably helps some. Uh, I, I'm kind of wondering what we're going to see, uh, you know, offensively and defensively, if we'll see more basic stuff, just because they hadn't had a whole lot of practice time. Of course, no spring drills. But, uh, yeah, I think he fits in really well. Uh, you know, he, he really supported the athletes uh, last week when they did the march uh, from, a, from the Simpson Center to the Fountain Mall on campus. Uh, he was part of the march, uh, so you know I think uh, they probably see him kind of as a player's coach. Uh, yeah, you know we'll we'll see. Uh, obviously, a big step going from uh, defensive coordinator to head coach, uh, but uh, I, I like what he's done so far.
0: Max, what's just kind of the sense of Dave Aranda from a you know from a national perspective? I mean, obviously, did a great job there at LSU. Yeah,
2: he did an excellent job at LSU, and I think it was always over the over the last few years kind of hard to get a read on what his ambitions were because he he is a quieter guy. He he is, um, and I think he he admits this that that just his personality type is is not the one that you usually see getting these jobs, you know, at these press conferences and stuff like that. And so it was fascinating to see him, you know, enter the mix here. I uh, yeah, I think clearly he was ready for a job this year. He was in the mix for UNLV. And um I I think that just very respected defensive coordinator, defensive mind. I, I think it's I think it's exciting that you have hired somebody who has a different perspective on these jobs and how to run a program. Um and at the same time he still walks into that building, you know, with a championship ring from LSU last year. And I think I would think players respect that, that he has coached a lot of NFL players and he's uh you know won at the highest level last year and so i think generally people will like you you think back to after year one with matt rule it's not like everyone in waco was giving him the benefit of the doubt i mean i think people will respond to your success and and will respond to um you know your 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 sort of grand plan here and i think that dave Aranda takes over when this program's in good enough shape like you don't have to rebuild the culture of what matt rule did at baylor so um, you don't have to teach these guys like the value of hard work or anything. So I think it's in a healthy enough position, even with, you know, all the players that you lose that, um, you know, that, that this can be a pretty smooth transition. It's just, it's just really hard to, to install a new offense and defense this off season, the way it's been with no spring ball and just all, all zoom instruction, basically.
0: Yeah. And I think you hit on something there, Max, that, um, certainly a lot of people were writing Matt rule off that first year when they won one game. Right. Uh, and my, my take on any college football head coach is this, and I, I said it with Matt rule that season, but I, I feel like you got to give them to year three to, to yeah. really figure out who they are as a coach and, and, you know, allow them to get some of their recruits in and, and all that. And, Um, so especially this year with, you know, the transition and everything, I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta cut Dave Aranda a little slack and let's, let's let him get his feet under him a little bit. And, and, uh, you know, and I think, you know, maybe 2022, I guess that would be is when we can sort of start judging Dave Aranda, the head coach, but as far as this year's team, so Baylor's coming off, Eleven and two, or is that right, Johnny? Eleven and two.
1: Eleven and
0: three. Eleven yeah. and three. Yeah, I got to do my math there. Uh, Eleven and three. Eleven and three. <laughs> Sugar Bowl, uh, John. We had a great time in in New Orleans back when the oh
2: man, still, <laughs> the those were the good old days. That was forever ago. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Um, uh, so, how do you guys view this Baylor team? They were picked fifth in the. Uh, in the big 12 preseason poll by the coaches Um, or actually I guess that would have been the media, but um, so this is kind of a Goldilocks question here, but do you feel like that that's too high, too low, or sort of just right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny.
2: Like I think if you asked me like a month ago, I probably would have said, like just to be safe that Baylor would be maybe be like seventh in the big 12, just because you lose, you know, I think once you lose um, James Lynch and Grace uh, Graylin Arnold and just the, the, the guys they lost on everybody else on defense, you figure just rebuilding an entire side of the ball in the big 12 um, is going to be really hard to do. Um, but I've kind of come around. Like I, I, I picked Baylor fifth um, in the conference now. And I think a big part of that is because TCU doesn't have a quarterback now. Um, I think I kind of looked at TCU and Kansas state as kind of those wild card teams in the conference, along with Baylor, where, you know, they can certainly play with and beat a bunch of teams in the big 12 and maybe, you know, mess up the conference race. And I, the, the more like, as, as we've progressed towards getting close to the season, I feel better about Baylor than I probably did a month or two ago, just because, you know, they've added some key pieces on defense. I I've heard nothing but good things about just how the offense has looked under Larry Fedora. Um, and the pieces they have back there. I think your offensive line is going to be a lot better than last year, which it was kind of a sneaky thing about last year's team is even though you had a big 12 title team, you didn't really necessarily have a big 12 title offensive line. Um, so I think that's going to be better. And um, I, yeah, I could see Baylor finishing. I, I could see Baylor, you know, with where we're at this year with how many teams that aren't playing uh fifth in the big 12 definitely makes you a top 25 team.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah,
0: no doubt. Johnny.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think they're a little underrated, and the main reason is, uh, you know, they only have two defensive starters back, but a lot of the guys back have played quite a bit. Um, And like Max mentioned, uh, William Bradley King is from Arkansas State. He'll be a a really good pass rusher for them. I don't know if he'd be as good as James Lynch. That's pretty hard to replace. Yeah, no yeah. Kidding. But, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but he's good. And they got a, a Dylan Doyle, a transfer from Iowa. He'll play the middle linebacker. And I
2: think he'll make an impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, then they got Terrell Bernard. So that a linebacking crew is really good. Uh, I think the key for them is getting more pass rushers. They, they need guys like uh, TJ Franklin, uh, Gabe Hall, you know, to really step up this year that was really the key to me to the whole team last year, their pass rush. It made the defense yeah. really good. Uh, and, uh, and that, you know, that pass rush helped force a lot of turnovers too. So that, you know, uh, but I think the defense is going to be okay. And, uh, and like Max said, I think they will protect Charlie better. Uh, they gave up the most sacks in the big 12 last year, but, uh, uh, you know, coach Aranda coach Fedora, they've been saying that, uh, that Charlie's been re- releasing the ball quicker. Uh, he's b- been staying in the pocket a little more. So maybe we won't see him getting knocked out of games as much. Yeah. So, uh, he, a- I mean, he, yeah, he, hopefully not. he took a beating last year. He really did.
2: Well, it, and it's worth pointing out with just how weird this season could potentially be. One reason I have a little bit of faith in Baylor is they have three good quarterbacks. Like, there's not really any many other teams in the Big 12 that can say that, you know. Um, so – I'm not. I certainly don't wish any you know any injuries upon Charlie Brewer with with his history and everything. But if if you have some positive tests and all of a sudden Jacob Zeno or or Gary Bohannon has to start a game, you, you it's not a huge drop off, right? Like they they could get through that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just you know the experience factors the big thing. But you're, yeah. you're right, Max. Both those guys are really talented. Uh, Zeno, I mean, to step in like he did against Oklahoma and throw a long touchdown pass. You know, in the fourth quarter, you know, real pressure-packed moment. Yeah, uh, he showed a lot there. But yeah, you're right. The arm for there.
2: sure.
0: Yeah, he's got some talent for sure. And and uh, Bohannon to me is a little bit more of a runner, but uh, but he's got a good arm too. So yeah, they that's a good place to have you know some riches as quarterback for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What as far as the conference goes? What are you guys? Most looking forward to seeing what or who, maybe. Uh, go ahead, Johnny.
1: Yeah. Uh, go ahead, John. Um, yeah. Well, I'd, I want to see if Oklahoma is as good as they've been. Uh, I think they will be. Uh, you know, Riley really has that program going. Uh, it'll be interesting see if Texas lives up to predictions again. They, they really didn't last year. You know, they were pretty good two years ago. Uh, I would expect them to. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, yes, after that, uh, like Max said, uh, TCU lost its QB. That's not a good thing. Um, Iowa State, I, I think they'll be solid. They will have the most fans, I think, in the stands at the start. That might help. They have like 40% capacity. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> that is. That's true. That's good. Point. Yeah. But it, it'll be fun Just see how it kind of unfolds.
2: Yeah, I, I think you've got three teams in the Big 12 this year, um, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, who I think they all feel like they have really, really good teams. Um, they Internally, they believe they do. And so, um, you know, can those – this conference is just so tough, though, that like is it just – is there just enough good teams that they all kind of beat each other up and the, the Big 12 champion is like a three-loss team? I I don't know. It could be – that kind of year with just how uncertain everything would be week to week. But I think those are three, three really good, potentially really good teams. And it's so, you know, which one of them kind of catches the brakes and, and has, has their players healthy for their biggest games. And, um, you know, I can, one of them or two of them rise up enough that, um, you know, one of them could be Oklahoma and suddenly this race is a lot more interesting because I think there's, I think there's some good teams in the conference this year, um, I think Oklahoma State has the offensive firepower. They have pretty much everybody back on defense. I think Texas just has a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. They've got the senior quarterback, um, who I think is going to have a really good year. And then Iowa State, like they really believe they have a really, really good team this year. It's their deepest team. Um, I think they've come a long ways under under Matt Campbell, and they they really wouldn't trade Brock Purdy for anybody in the country. So um, if those teams can be as good as advertised, as good as they think they are, then um, I think, I think you know, could one of them catch Oklahoma this year? I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. And maybe, maybe this is the year that, that one of them is good enough to, to pull off an upset in the, the big 12 title game.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited maybe to see Chuba Hubbard and see if he can make a, a Heisman run, you know, uh, running backs don't always, you know, get the benefit of the doubt in that race. I mean, you have to have a really big year, but I think he's uh, certainly capable um, Half the
2: Heisman field is gone.
0: Yeah, at this point. You go. you know, I mean, <laughs> you go. you're
2: going to have a bigger spotlight for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be interested to see what Lincoln Riley does with uh, a non transfer quarterback, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler. He's got a young kid and I think people are high on, uh, on Spencer Rattler. Um, but, you know, they've had such a run there of, you know, with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and then uh, Jalen hurts. I mean, uh, you know, it's always been some guy from somewhere else. And now they've got their, you know, their homegrown guy. And uh, uh, they they seem to be, like I said, very, very high on Spencer rep.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the people who've seen him play in high school and stuff compare him to Patrick Mahomes. So I guess Lincoln just has on on to the next one, right? That's just keep the dynasty going.
0: Yeah, and they, they've got a local kid uh, there backing him up, Tanner Mordecai. Uh, he's from here in Waco, uh, Midway High School, and um, Tanner uh, was a great high school quarterback, too, um, really a good runner, um, but, um, you know, he's played very, very uh, limited spots since uh, since getting there to Norman, and, um, you know, I'm sure he, he would be excited if he got a chance to play, but we'll see how that plays out uh, especially in the era of covid and that brings me to my last question which is this guys so as we go into 2020 we've we've acknowledged that it's uh, going to be a little bit of a different season what in your mind would constitute a successful 2020 season
2: ooh that's a good question <laughs> i mean I think we have to – you look at the way the Big 12 schedule is set up and, and there's a bunch of weeks where they've created some room for rescheduling. And I think that's going to be really important. I think there is going to be – you know, you watch Major League Baseball and we're seeing it seemingly every week of, oh, these teams can't play, but everybody else is still playing. And so I think that's kind of how it's going to be. The show goes on. Even if there's a few games that can't be played, it doesn't get to a point where there's too many games that can't be played, but – I think it's going to be that part of it makes it really unpredictable. I think where, um, you know, ultimately does the big 12 end up playing eight games each? Is it going to be different for every school? We really have no idea, but I think if you can get into, I mean, shoot, if they can make it to November, um, having played, uh, would that be probably four or five games at that point? Um, I think we'd all be thrilled, and 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 probably a lot of folks in Big Ten and Pac-12 country would be very very mad <laughs> if if it got that far. So I mean, if they can, if if we can find a way to get through this where there just aren't enough disruptions to topple the whole thing over, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's going to be pretty incredible to, to watch it play out. So I, I don't know. I mean how. how how many games would have to be like taken off the schedule for you to feel like, Oh, this doesn't really feel like a normal season.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great question. Who knows? Uh, uh, John, you're a music guy. I think did Max slip in a lyric there? If, if we make it to November, is that all- <laughs> <laughs>
1: an old Merle Haggard song? Yeah. If, if we if, if if make it November. through December. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. stop the singing now. Uh, <laughs> John what how do you kind of see
1: it yeah uh i think if if we make the championship game i mean if there's a college football championship game, that would be an incredible accomplishment yeah uh to me that's kind of like the uh like the bar if you can get that far with a uh, with a legitimate season with teams at least in contention playing enough games um yeah, so uh I say championship or bust.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that the testing is going to be very important, obviously, uh, yeah. to to ensure that this thing doesn't just blow up. Um, I think we're going to have to expect, you know, as you guys said, some, some cancellations. But, um, yeah, if we get to the end and we've made it through with uh, a majority of the teams, you know, uh, still playing – uh, yeah I would consider that a success and you know Lord willing uh, that happens and and maybe 2021 we can all get back to normal that would be great. Uh, Max where will you be uh, opening weekend uh, after Labor Day? <laughs> it's
2: a great question have not figured that out I've seen like the uh, like Iowa State's got an awesome game against uh, Louisiana Lafayette uh, who's one of the best group of five teams but like, they've had a big spike in cases in that county for Ames. So, I don't know. That's It's going to be interesting to see as we, like, try to plan out travel and stuff, like, how how sort of treacherous that starts to look. So, it, you know, with with that many games in one day, um, I probably will be sitting on the couch. We'll probably be sitting on the couch a good amount this fall <laughs> and just, uh, you know, jumping onto post-game Zooms and stuff like that. It's going to be, from, from a coverage standpoint, and I'm sure you guys experience this too, even – you know, even though you'll be you know at the games and stuff, it'd be a little bit more closer than normal for you guys. It's it's just going to be really odd and, and different, and and you get it. Um, it it's it's just part of the trade offs of trying to pull this off.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Those post game zooms will be especially weird. Um, you know, the fact that we won't go down for interviews—that's just. I still have a hard time wrapping my head around that, but but uh, you know hopefully
2: would you would you rather watch a game from the stands then or from the press box? That's it. We're up position. to
0: you. Yeah, you know um, you do would get a little bit more of an atmosphere. I, I uh, you know I kind of like my setup with the you know all my stuff there and you know the laptop yeah. and all that jazz. But um, I don't think the press box food's going to be quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boxed lunches, so uh, I don't think
2: we'll all be reaching in to scoop out ice cream from no, a barrel no, anymore. That's no, probably not a great call anymore.
0: absolutely not well, max man, thanks for uh joining us and yeah, you bet. uh hopefully we may see you at a game this year. We'll wave across the press box at you. <laughs> a little elbow bump
2: that's right hey i I hope so, guys. hopefully I see you soon here, and uh hopefully we can just sort of keep getting through this week to week here.
0: Yep.
1: Thanks. Thank you, Max.
2: Hey, thanks.